0: Welcome to the Rewilding Blueprint Podcast, your pit stop for unleashing your primal power. We're here to turbocharge your day, giving you the strategies to resurrect your lean, athletic body and a mindset forged in the furnace of life's challenges. Why? Because this isn't just about workouts. This is about reclaiming your natural born right to a life of vitality success and unbreakable focus my mission for you is simple absorb one game-changing piece of advice from each episode and put it into action today are you ready to abandon the stale gym air and tap into your primal roots let's get started welcome everyone so this wednesday we are going to delve into a a powerful perspective shift which i found really useful myself and was definitely something that i struggled with um when i've been you know set stuff up getting stuff running and essentially wanting to move forward with stuff myself and this is essentially from moving beyond just addressing our needs right to actually declaring what we want right it's about stepping out of survival mode and into a state where we can really thrive and essentially this is actually just going to tap into that age old saying that you know if you don't ask you don't get essentially if there's something that you want well you need to be willing to go and ask and move forward and do something to grab hold of that and I think the biggest thing we can look at here, and this is something I've touched on a fair few times, is moving from that scarcity mindset to a much more of a abundance mindset. So saying, hey, there's, there, is en- there is enough of this to go around for me to be able to actually have what I want. You know, I don't need to hold back from what I want because there's not enough to go around for everyone. So I'm just going to just get by with what I need. If, if we think there's only enough, people to get by than there probably is but actually right we want to be looking at this from a a point of view of abundance so when you're living from a place of need right that's like surviving on breadcrumbs when actually you have the skills to go and bake a loaf of bread like why would you just eat breadcrumbs when you can actually go and bake a lovely loaf of bread and enjoy it as long as it's whole grain brother. the nutrition element in there (laughs) with with that right so but if we live from a place of want right you're setting the table for a feast right primal feast of good stuff that's the abundance mindset set your table up for a feast and not just for you right but for others this isn't a purely selfish thing when you come from a place of abundance right you can put that out there to other people now I think this, you know, something that we can merely need, merely need versus something you genuinely want in your life. So a lot of times people say, oh, I'm, I'm happy to just, you know, I, I just, I just need to maintain my fitness for the next couple of years instead of, you know, what, actually I want to be able to run up that fucking mountain, right? Instead of coming from a place of, well, I just need to um, be able to walk to the shops, why the fuck would you be happy with that when actually, if you want to be able to run to the top of a mountain and have a brilliant time doing it, why would you yeah. why would you be happy with just doing just what you need to survive? Let's tap into actually what we want to have. It's gonna be so much better when we do that. Now, the thing is here, is we don't want to be getting this confused with like material things and more is more. We can we can have wants, but I want you to think of this in a slightly different way because less can be less can still be more so it isn't having more of something for what we want but it's like what do we truly want what's going to truly make us happy as opposed to what i need to just get by so when we look at this through this sort of lens of stoicism so this might seem to be all about endurance and temperance right but it also teaches us about ambition so the ambition to be virtuous to contribute to the common good right like i was saying about this doesn't just have to be for us but we can be out of acting from a place of want for other people as well and to be our best selves. So Mo, uh, Marcus Aurelius wrote about acting, is if you were living for the second time and had acted as wrongly the first time as you are about to act now. If you were living for the second time and had acted as wrongly the first time as you are about to act now. I'm just going to let that just sort of Sit in your head for the bit because you know that reflection can influence our approach to our wants versus our needs. So, if you look at this, we're living for the second time now. You acted as wrongly the first time as you're about to act now, you're not going to do it right because you're able to look back at what you've done and you're now going through it the second time. Well, actually, I could be doing this much better, I could be having more of what I actually want so that can then influence our approach to wanting more right more good stuff contributing more to the common good now you know let's look at this as in sort of thriving in nature is where we all come from every organism strives not just to survive but to flourish Really, right? Everyone wants to reproduce, etc., and not just not just survive just for them. And there, there is that innate drive right? to grow, spread, and thrive. We're part of that natural world, and it's in us to want more. It is to be faster, stronger, wiser. Realistically, who doesn't want that? You know, who doesn't want to be faster? Who doesn't want to be stronger? Who doesn't want to be wiser? Right? Really, people do want that, yeah. But they might just be coming at this from a point of view of need, whereas, why well, I didn't need what I've got right now. So there is a cool little stoic exercise that we can use to help us strive for our wants. And this is, I'm sure I get the pronunciations wrong for these, but I'm just going for it anyway. No doubt. Fran will pick me up. This is like my spell checker. Um, meditato malorum, right? the premeditation of evils. It teaches us to anticipate potential failures and setbacks, not to dwell on them, but to understand and accept them as part of the journey towards what we want. I feel a lot of this is essentially getting okay with failure to allow us to push forwards to what we want, right? Because if we, and this is a great, this is a great frame for this that I find really useful. If you want more and you're moving towards what you want, more of, to be able to own that success. So to be able to own that success, you also have to be able to own the failure. If you're not willing to own the failure, then you have no right to also own the success. I think that's a really, really cool way of looking at it. So when you, like, if you're not willing to own the failure, well, then the success means nothing to you right there has to be something on the table there has to be some skin in the game right to create that success otherwise everyone would would do it so by anticipating the potential failures and setbacks by being willing to own your failure right not to dwell on it but to own it and accept it as part of that journey we can go on to achieve more of what we want if we're not willing to own the failure and the success We can never actually move from that place of abundance and get what we really want, right? So thinking about a goal, that's a want, not a need, right? Visualizing those challenges, right? In pursuit of this goal can be really powerful. Essentially this is pre-planning, right? We're looking at, here's what I want to achieve, not what I need. Here's what I want to achieve, right? What challenges are going to crop up when I go after what I want? Right? What challenges are going to crop up when I go after what I really actually want as opposed to just what I need? If you're getting by on just just what you need, you're probably uh, not going to be faced with any challenges. How fucking boring uh, is that? Right? How boring is that if nothing ever challenged you because you only went after what you needed as opposed to going after what you wanted? Right, so... If you're looking at stuff and there's no challenges jumping out at you, you're probably just going after what you need as opposed to what you want. If you want something, we want things because there's roadblocks in the way. So we need to preempt those roadblocks to overcome them. Cool. And like I said, when we strive for what we want, prepare to own your own failures just as you celebrate your wins. So when you like celebrating a win is fucking awesome. I, I love it. I genuinely think people should do that more often, especially a lot of people in the blueprint. That's something they're not very good at, not very good at celebrating their wins. We should be. You should be proud of your achievements, right? But we should also be able to take full responsibility, right, for what we've got wrong. Because there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting something wrong. It, it, there isn't. There really, there genuinely isn't. If you're getting stuff wrong, that means you're going for what you what you yeah. want, not what you need. But you have to be able to step back and then take take full responsibility and accountability for that. So, just like a really small scenario here, which everyone would have experienced, and I'm not going to call it road rage, right? That must be a bit strong. But you know, like when you're when you're driving along, and and I've been there driving along and I have cut someone up, done something I shouldn't have done, right? My fault. And you just say, yeah, sorry. Like I cocked up there. So I put my hand up and I apologize. Cool. No worries. I tell you what really, what really like grips me, like when I'm driving, someone cuts me up and I'm like, come on, mate. And then they like flip me the finger back. That's when I'm like, right. Right, mate. You could have just said. (laughs) You could have just said. Of course, using stoicism, I don't. I don't rise to that, right? And of course, I one hundred percent manage my emotions in a healthy, and constructive way. And I realise that the only thing that I'm in control of here is my response to the situation. (laughs) I, of course, I do that. But then, you know, is that thing like if they're just gone? Oh yeah, you know what? Sorry, my bad. Like like there literally is no problem then right because they've gone yeah you know what won't do that again and i i think that's probably the easiest to understand the, the example of this is, is what, you know if someone owns up and takes responsibility of their actions go no, that was 100 percent my fault my bad then all of a sudden there's not a problem anymore right that problem is solved is when people try and act or, or or when you try and act like that wasn't quite your fault or you're only taking sort of like 50% responsibility for something. And I just think there's a difference between responsibility and fault as well. I believe anyway, like something cannot be my fault, but it can still be my responsibility. I, I really strongly, I really strongly believe this. Someone, someone, it might be someone else's fault. It can still be my responsibility to stay on, to stay on top of things, to stay on top of things, to keep the, you know, the, the ball rolling it, like I'll use a something that people may resonate with. They may not like the biggest, the biggest example of this I can think of for me personally is in family life when, uh, you know, my lad throws a pint of milk on the carpet. Right. That's arguably it's not my fault. Right. I didn't throw it. It is my responsibility. It is my responsibility to have put some safeguards in place to make sure that didn't happen, to make sure it gets dealt with properly and effectively. And I think we need to be getting okay with shouldering responsibility of things that, that isn't our fault. Otherwise, what happens is, well, you're then if you're not going to shoulder that responsibility, you're then helpless, aren't you? You're powerless. You can't you can't do anything about it. The only thing you that you can do about that is get annoyed and frustrated, which does absolutely nothing zero absolutely zero for us by the way i'm trying to make a, a concentrated effort to swear less on <laughs> on this <laughs> on this podcast because i was getting sick of having to take the explicit box on every single po- every single podcast i put out so i'll do my best um has anyone got an example of a time where they they owned a failure and they really went you know like you know what this is my failure. It's in the fact that maybe it wasn't my fault, but it is my responsibility. Any, anyone, anyone got it? Any ideas here? Chris, going for it. I think actually I can't. Probably a number of times, um, like in my old job, where you're trying your hardest, but the outcome's not, not where you want, and you've um, it's maybe nobody's fault. For for example, things going wrong on like a construction site I worked on, we had a series of just catastrophes basically that were down to a terrible site foreman, but ultimately. Me reporting to the higher ups is that wasn't really an excuse, and I had to be, you know, a lot more laser focused on that person and and watch them closely. Once we got a new one, and that, yeah, hundred percent, mate. So, mate, that's always like that textbook definition of, of what we spoke about, and essentially, when you go then and report, back you can go back and report back in two ways, can't you? You can go and go this guy's a dickhead, it's his fault. And although that might be true, right, right, it's not like that. So what? Like, so what? What do I want to get out of saying that it achieves nothing? Whereas if you go back and we say, hey, look, um, my response, you know, this happened, this is what I'm doing about it in the future to stop it happening again. Well, then we just completely own that and we've already created, right, it's now okay. It's been like, we've created a system there. So look, what, what I'm going to do now, because I'm a big fan of you know diving into some stuff in more detail, but I also appreciate some people listening back on the podcast aren't aren't going to want to well mainly listen to me on an hour as I try and think of uh, problem solving and stuff. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close it off, and then I'm going to stop recording, and then we'll like have a bit of a, a bit of a conflag. But I think the biggest takeaway, like. By pursuing our wants as opposed to our needs, we expand our, our capacity to achieve and enjoy life's richness, yeah? So let's not settle for the bare minimum. Let's reach for what we truly want. And the biggest thing here, if there's something that we want, fucking go and ask, right? Go and ask. Mate, do you want more from me as your coach? Great, ask. What do you want more of? brilliant don't be scared to put your hand up do you want more from your partner you can ask them communicate that i want more of this right i want more of this because i want to be developing do you want more more responsibility ask oh, so, you know there's something we want we have to be willing to go and do the work and put your hand up and, and actually a lot of the time that is actually stepping out of your comfort zone max we actually touched on this yesterday in, in a few voice notes like, yes, getting in an uh, ice bath and stuff, yes, is not pleasant. But a lot of the time, I wouldn't say it's actually getting out of your comfort zone. Nine times out of ten, what's actually much more uncomfortable is saying, you know, I want this. Because we're conditioned to not ask stuff. So you know, well, actually, I want this. I want more of this. Super important takeaway. Ask what you want.